before we get started on today's show, we just want to give a big shout out to Jeff Smith. He is the original composer of our intro music to our podcast, and he went above and beyond and actually tweaked our intro music just a little bit, and we are really digging this new intro music. So a big thank you and a big shout out to Jeff Smith, who we've had on the show before. Go check out our episodes featuring Jeff Smith and his music. Very talented individual, very talented family, all musically inclined. Go and check them out on YouTube and on their social media channels. We'll have them posted in our show notes. Without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Welcome to another edition of Pod Jerky. I am your host, Tom. And on today's episode, we are going to continue one of the themes that we had started with our Canada misconceptions, and we are going to do American misconceptions. And today we are joined by Sarah from Blackbird and Advocacy Podcast and Trish the Dish from Gen X Voice. Welcome. Thank hey. you. Good to be here. Yeah. Always excited to be on Pod Jerky. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> so our original episode, we started off with Canadian misconceptions, and we wanted to do one from different countries, and we wanted to do an American one, and I'm also going to be recording another one from the UK, and I want to do one from India with one of my buddies as well. Uh, so I did a little bit of research for myself just to see what kind of misconceptions there are outside of the U.S. As everyone knows, I am not from the U.S., I am from Canada, uh, so there are a little bit of misconceptions that we have here about you guys. What are some of the misconceptions that you guys think you have? And I know, Trish, you were talking about uh, living abroad and a lot of the misconceptions that other people had from different countries for the U.S. Do you want to talk a little bit about those? Yeah. Do you want me to start with that or go straight into the state of Arizona? Because that in itself has its own preconceived notions and misconceptions. But Let's go Arizona first. Okay, because that's that's where it was really funny. So when I lived in the south of France uh, and and in London, um, people would be like, "Oh, so you all have horses?" Not not realizing that Phoenix is the fifth largest city in the continental U.S. and um, there's freeways. I mean, it's basically a little L.A. There's freeways and golf courses and, you know, high rises and, um, you know, lots and lots of concrete and blacktop. Now, people do have horses. 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 Yeah. Yeah, because this is where the Westerns used to be filmed, um, right. but it was actually more in Southern Arizona. But at the time, I was actually living in Flagstaff, Arizona, which wasn't even the desert. It's like a snow-capped, you know, mountaintop town that's like 7,000 feet up in the air. Um, so, and and then the other thing was that we all had guns, which, you know, also coming from Arizona, there's a lot of, because we just turned purple. I mean, there's a lot of liberals, especially in Flagstaff and Tucson that are pacifists, you know, environmentally um, conscious and just don't have guns, but there's also a lot of hunters, but it's just so funny that those were the two things. See, yeah. I, I had that on my list as well for the gun thing. And it's kind of a misconception that the rest of the world has on the U.S. because I believe it's your Second Amendment. You have the right to bear arms. Correct. And uh, that's why everybody thinks that you're allowed to carry a gun or everyone has a gun. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's just the right to bear arms, you know, like it's a bear and you can hold bear arms. and Or know, just having bear arms. You know, of course you would think that about bears being from Canada. 
That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, that is actually a, a misconception that everybody has that mm-hmm. all Americans have guns. And here in Canada, we have no law stating that we can carry. I mean, there are uh, licenses that you can get to carry a gun. Uh, you can do an open carry. You can get these licenses. But there's nothing in our constitution that will say that you can hold a gun or carry a gun. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, honestly, in all of the years that I've lived in Arizona, um, six years in Tucson, six in Flagstaff, five in Phoenix, um, I've met two people that had guns. So it's not it's just not that common, right. at least not in Arizona. Although I've walked into restaurants where some guy was decked out in spurs, cowboy boots, cowboy hat and holsters with guns on his hips. And my friends were visiting from Illinois and they were like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. It's happening. But we were way outside of the city, like way in a small town. You wouldn't even call it. Did he have a horse outside? I have. I don't think so. (laughs) That's the thing. He probably jumped out of like a VW bug or something. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) What about New York? What about New York? I I hear that there is a lot of gun carriers there in New York. So it depends where you are in New York. Um, We have, so obviously we have very different areas in New York. So Long Island, where I live, is completely different than um, the city, which is completely different from upstate New York. So upstate New York, and especially the further upstate you go, the more rural you're going to get, you know, the closer to Canada you're going to get. There are a lot of gun toters up there. And it's a lot of, because of hunting, Most New Yorkers are not carrying because of, you know, the right to bear arms because they're protecting themselves uh, against, you know, a dangerous person or something like that. A lot of people just have guns here because they're they're hunters. Um, Duck hunting is huge here. Uh, If you if you ever come to New York, you have to eat Long Island duck. It is absolutely superb. I know, Trish, you are vegan, so you will not eat the duck. (laughs) I've had duck and I wasn't really impressed with it. I lived in France, so. (laughs) But they're so cute sitting on the pond. (laughs) And they're my spirit animal. So, yeah. Actually, but we have hunters in Arizona, too. Like elk is a big um, thing that's hunted here. Yeah. Yeah, we we we're huge with ducks here in general. The duck is like our thing, especially on Long Island. So I think the misconception with guns is obviously the city has cleaned up its crime a lot, but so many people still see the city as just like this this crime ridden, like everyone just running around with guns, just like shooting and robbing people all the time. Yeah, escape from New York. Yeah, (laughs) which is not at all what New York City is. I mean, it's I've walked around there well late at night, well early in the morning by myself and have felt completely safe. So that's definitely a misconception we have um, uh, when it comes to weapons here. Well, I think you have to look at either the news because they only report on bad stories. They don't want any of the good news stories because it doesn't draw ratings. And you have to look at movies because movies are going to show the way New York is, or, you know, the bigger cities are with their crime because again, it's going to draw, it's going to draw an audience. It's going to draw people to watch the movie. That's, that's where people get their misconceptions from. I think. Right. You're all hundred percent. Well, in the Simpsons, like I I remember, um, (laughs) no, it's a true story. I had some friends who were from Alberta, actually, that moved to Tucson. And one night we were all hanging out and they were like, they've known me and my partner at the time for a while. And they were like, you know, you guys are just not at all what we thought 
Americans would be like. And I was like, well, well, what do you mean exactly? And 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 they were like, well, we hate to say it, but we kind of thought y'all were like the Simpsons. And I'm like, don't you realize that that's a satire? Like that's an American taking this um, certain aspect of America and making fun of it. Like right. that's what we all love. We love South Park. We love um, the Simpsons. Uh, married with children we love all of these sort of satirical looks Roseanne on on these sort of like typical families because they're not everybody it's not ti- it's not typical it's very atypical yeah absolutely. Well, maybe Roseanne's and, and not a good example I, but I love Roseanne but regardless. that's what I was yeah. saying like <laughs> we we from outside of the U.S. will look at that and say like that's what Americans must be like because that's but what why would we make a cartoon that <laughs> that makes fun of us if that was really how everyone was like it's obviously a niche thing that we're just like that those people are king of the hill i don't know if that's a you know that really showed texans as this like country bumpkin well hello dallas and fort worth huge cities austin woke city i mean very very progressive city um yeah texas is huge so you've got probably a lot of yahoos sitting around you know with their lawn chairs drinking beer i mean my grandpa did that but (laughs) it's not everybody right exactly exactly and that's why it's a misconception right a hundred percent I have to say one one major misconception about New York, especially when I travel either even outside of the state, regardless if I'm outside of the country or just outside of the state, people assume if they're not from the tri-state area, they assume that I'm from the city. Whenever I say I'm from New York, they just assume the city. I don't think people realize that we have other parts to our state, (laughs) again, because we are so different. So everyone there assumes are five boroughs, right? There are five boroughs. You are correct. Yeah. Two of which are on Long Island. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So they either think that I'm from the city and I'm super rich or I live out east where like wine country is and I'm just among the cows. That's what people have said to me before. You either have cows or you live in, you know, a brownstone and you have millions of dollars and that's it. Those are the only two things that people think of when they think of New York. Wow. I, I think something different of New York people. Oh, we're all in the mob. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. mm-hmm. yeah. We're all Italian, and we are all in the mob. You're absolutely right. Yep. Yeah. Well, see, when I lived in New York City, I moved there uh, via uh, Paris and London, and to me, it was the country between the United States and um, Europe, and in the city itself. I met people from all over the world. I mean, it's such an international city. Um, So, of course, this whole idea that it's mafia, because those are the films. We were talking about the films, you know, like those are the movies that were really driving, you know, what New York City was like. And but at the end of the day, like people are just trying to have a better life and be super respectful to each other. And um, and, you know, like I was talking with uh, one of my guests on my podcast that has talks about New York City, actually, because we both lived there during 9-11. I was like, it's not that New Yorkers are mean or cold. It's that they don't have time to sit there and chat with you. You know, just ask them, hey, do you know where this building is? Don't be like, hey, how are you? Um, Excuse me. Because, yeah, it's going to be frustrating. They have a train to catch. They have jobs to do. You know what I'm I mean? I'm from Canada. That's what we do. <laughs> You do that? You go up and say, hey, how are you? 
I don't just walk up to somebody and go, hey, where's the train? No, you I walk gotta. up and say, hey, how you doing today? No. Good, good. You know, like, where's the train? You know, there is no full ready. conversation. You can't have right. a full conversation. You don't have time. Don't there have is time. too much to do in the city. That's it's true. It's true. Everyone, everyone's in a rush. And, you know, they call it a New York minute for a moment, for a moment, for a reason. So we everyone is in a rush, even on Long Island. Like we're slower paced here, but we're still all in a rush. Like if you're driving on our highways, you'll see that we're we're speeding down the road for no reason whatsoever. But everyone is just always trying to get to the next thing. And we don't have time to stop to even get our coffees. I mean, now look at us all with our apps. You know, we order our coffee before we even get to to the place that we're getting. So it's it's a misconception that we are, like you said, that we're rude, that we're inconsiderate. We're not. We're just trying to get somewhere. So if you Mm -hmm. ask us in the correct way. And I feel bad saying that, but if you ask us in in the New York way, we'll give you an answer. We will be perfectly oh, fine yeah. giving you an answer. But you you have to know how to talk to us. Well, yeah, and to get so, that. So we just have to say to all the Canadian listeners that are listening right now: if you do go to New York, be a dick, and you'll get your answer. No. Just be fast. <laughs> well, maybe to you guys, being a dick is not asking someone how they're doing. So in that regard, right. yeah. Um, you don't have to be besties, you know, but it's just like when you, when you travel, you just have to take a temperature reading of what is going on around you. Like I've never had a New Yorker, um, a New York city person. When I say New York, I want to be respectful of that, that I'm talking about the city. I never had anyone be mean to me. I was never mugged. Um, I saw, you know, random people on the streets at 2 AM when I was rushing from the subway to my apartment, terrified that I was going to get like murdered or something disemboweled, but um, none of that stuff happened. None of it happened, you know, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying that uh, law and order is not an everyday (laughs) occurrence. Like, I was just about to say, you didn't, you didn't end up on a CSI. uh, Yes, right. Exactly. I'm I'm glad, Trish, I'm glad you brought up law and order because I think that's another misconception about New York City. You know, New York City is is a character within Law and Order. They really want to specify that, you know, that's the backdrop, that's the environment, that's the culture. But like you said, that does not happen as often as we're seeing it happen. You know, there are there's like 20 something seasons of of SVU and every week there's this new heinous crime that has happened and it's making people have the misconception that that's exactly what's going on in the city. And it's not, it's not at all. I mean, yeah, there are little things that happen, you know, maybe some, some small theft or, you know, a jewelry store may have been robbed, but it doesn't happen every week. Right. (laughs) But what about you guys? Do you guys have Arizona misconceptions? I don't know. It's no, just all desert. People don't think about Arizona. <laughs> I know. I know They're they have a baseball. Good. They have a football team. They have a hockey team. Uh, they have basketball, hockey, Arizona. football, baseball, um, soccer. We have all of them. All all the things. Yeah. And it's all desert, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's all desert. There's tumbleweeds everywhere, and that's it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Never mind the the like huge portion of the state that's in the Mogollon Rim that it has like the most amazing mountains and the largest ponderosa pine forest in the world and you know these amazing snow-capped peaks and ski resorts and you know hiking and backpacking for days and that's just and like I said elk. Yeah, there's none of that. <laughs> <laughs> But Tumbleweed does exist, and javelinas do run across the street when you're doing like a 5K race at 5 a.m. And and roadrunners and quail are running around. A coyote ran by me in my parking lot, uh, like maybe a like 20 yards away from me. Um, our our feet. I don't know. I was trying to trying to. How big are roadrunners? Roadrunners are about the size of like maybe a cat that hadn't been eating well for a long time because they're, oh, so they're small yeah they're not okay. at all the size of a coyote so <laughs> right. runner and coyote are not <laughs> they're also so nothing not like the cartoon yeah they're also not purple they don't have tongues that stick out and go whatever <laughs> you know Mimi. coyotes aren't brown like that they're more of like a you know like a soft golden kind of color so here, these are misconceptions about Arizona wildlife. Right. <laughs> I've never seen a roadrunner like live, like Me uh, neither. outside in the wild or anything. Have you guys seen a picture of them? No. Okay, I'm going to send you guys a picture. A picture. I'll send you a picture. I've seen a picture. Because you're going to so be I'm, like, I'm, that I'm, is not at all what a roadrunner looks like in my head. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break to show some love to another podcast. Every 73 seconds, someone is sexually assaulted in the United States. We are here to tell you, you are not alone. Blackbird, an advocacy podcast, tells the stories of victims and survivors of true crime with a focus on the support these survivors need. We provide information for those who have endured trauma and for those who love someone who has. Tune in every Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to hear these stories of hope, survival, and empowerment. No one should go through this alone. We believe you. That was Sarah from Blackbird, an advocacy podcast. Make sure you tune in and hit that subscribe button. I'm going to move on to the next one. And one that I have, and again, I think it's from watching all these TV shows, is that Americans never leave their own country. Misconception um, or no? So as you can tell from me and Trish, we have left our country. <laughs> but, we are um, the wrong humans to ask. Uh, yeah, no, I'm right. just kidding. Or the right ones. But I think we are the minority. Um, to be honest with you, I think that misconception might be correct because there are a lot of um, parts of the country where people, how do I say this without like insulting anybody? Um, people maybe don't think that going outside of the country is um, necessary. Yeah. Okay. That's like, thank you. That's like, why, why do I want to go anywhere? It's all here. Can I just piggyback on that though? And that yeah. is that it's very different for us. And I don't know um, how it is for your part of Canada, Tom, but it's not that easy for us to go to other countries except for Me Mexico and Canada. We're not like Europe. Europe, United States is so huge. When I lived in Europe, of course I went to 80 different countries. Wow, okay, that's a huge exaggeration, but I'm just saying like 
you know, oh, we're going to pop down to Italy for the weekend. I mean, of course you're going to go. And, and that's like, for me, that would be driving from Phoenix to Flagstaff. You know, that's a two hour drive that you could do in the south of France. Whereas if I drive two hours in my state, I'm still in my freaking state. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And I, I'm yeah. sure it's like that in Canada, right, Tom? Like you, you, you it's, yeah. it's not like you can just move around a lot. And, and, but, but no. I, I do want to say that there, there are so many people that I have known that have either never left their hometown, never even been to the big city that's near their hometown, like Chicago or St. Louis or, um, or the Grand Canyon. We live in the Grand, people come from all over the world. And I still meet people that are three hours away from it that say, I've never been. And they're 40. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know how to talk to you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's true. I have that conversation with with Dan all the time that, you know, when we when we go to Europe, when we visit Europe, we go country hopping because it is just that easy. And we'll be there for a week and we'll we'll country hop. We'll be in four different countries, five different countries in one week. We can't do that here in the States. I mean, like going from state to state, it's it's difficult. Um, So, yeah, I think once you get outside of the country, it's much easier but when you're when you're stuck in here, <laughs> stuck in here, <laughs> I, it's I love your like, verbiage. It's almost like we're landlocked. Yeah, we're we're not well, see, clearly, but like and it's, it's not with cheap. Us, cheap. It's, it's not cheap. Not cheap. And come not, back. Mm-mm. It's not cheap. But with us, what I find is if I'm going on vacation, I'm not going anywhere in Canada to go on vacation. I live in Canada. I want to go outside. So I've been to St. Lucia. I've been to Cuba. I've been to Dominican. And I've wow. been all over Europe. Uh, so we uh, want to take vacations over there. Do you find like the the people in the United States want to just travel from state to state instead yes. of leaving and going to like those hot destinations or uh, right. anywhere in Europe, right? Is that, sure. is that something that you yeah. find? Yeah. And I'll say and, this, yeah. we, we have, and I, I don't know if it was Roosevelt or whoever really created the national park system and the interstates and the, so the whole like suburban sprawl that is the United States, but there was a big push from the sixties on, I feel like to, to take road trips in the great United States of America and see all of these. I'm looking at a National Parks scratch-off poster that my aunt gave me for Christmas, for example. I mean, that is like, that's like a goal, right, is to hit all of the National Parks in the United States. Like, I don't know many countries where it's like, I'm going to see every single city in my country, you know, like, I, right. that's, that's yeah. a weird American thing. And it was like, drive your big cars do these roadside attractions, you know, McDonald's became really big because that was that ability to eat on the road. But I don't know. <laughs> we we actually um, in the state of New York just completed a, um, a trail that goes all the way from, I believe it starts in Westchester, which is just north of the city, um, all the way up to Canada. Um, so it's a hiking and biking trail and there are campsites. I know, Trish, you're crazy. I know. <laughs> so it's amazing. Excited. My eyes lit up. <laughs> yeah. So um, I forget how many miles it is, but it's it's quite long. You know, if you see a map of upstate New York, it's where it's huge. Um So they had little trails every few counties, but they decided to actually intertwine them all so that we we as New Yorkers and people who want to come visit New York can actually travel through the complete upstate New York and go basically from the city almost uh, all the way up to Niagara Falls. 
So now you can take a however long trip, stop at some campsites on the way and, and make your way up this trail. So I think and then you hit a fence at the end when it hits Canada, there's a fence there and you exactly. have to dig underneath it. Exactly. <laughs> Get me out of here. Get me out of this crazy country. So I think like, like Trish mentioned, I think that there's a lot of um, things here that are really meant to have the citizens of this country really enjoy the country within we wit we we live we really want to see the country rather than go see other countries because we have so much here already yeah i mean we really do have some great national parks i'm just gonna throw that out there like there's some good stuff (laughs) so do you think one one of the reasons that people don't travel uh, outside of the country and i and i had this conversation with matthew moy who was on the show uh, from two broke girls, he said, like, you know, when when I travel, they told me to put a Canadian flag on my backpack oh, or yeah. my luggage. I, I, I remember hearing that, and I've heard that too. Yeah. So, you know, I have a you, story you about that, that. People have that, you know? I have a story about that because that's literally what I was told when I moved to the south of France in 1998. And, and so I didn't get a, a Canadian flag, but I decided I was going to try it out. And the worst thing ever happened to me they started doing the drill questions, right? Oh, so you're from Canada. What part of Canada? Oh, what town? Oh, what high school? Man, that's, uh, no. So I just decided that what I wanted to do instead was, because that, that that first time I ever tried that, it was a fail like that. So I decided I'm going to be a representative of, of what American can look like. Americans can look like that are not, have their heads up their asses and aren't the Simpsons. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Did you ever try that, Sarah? Did you ever try to be Canadian? Sorry. No, no. When, whenever we travel, we just, like you said, try to be the best Americans that we can so that we can, we can show the outsiders, (laughs) um, everyone from other countries that the misconceptions are absolutely incorrect. We, we want to make sure that Sarah cannot pass as a Canadian. No, you cannot. Um, You have a New York accent. So yeah. How about me? How about me, Tom? Can I do it? (laughs) <laughs> you might be able to pass as a Canadian. I can pass as a New Yorker too, because I accidentally have accents that pop out of my mouth sometimes. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually when we travel, we we do automatically get the oh, you're from New York because they can hear our accent, and it's just it's wow. fun though because I think a lot of people when they hear we're from New York, also um, their eyes kind of light up. Because New York City is such an amazing place to be um, because it is such a melting pot. So, you know, when I first went to Amsterdam, I met um, I I was staying in a hostel. So I met a bunch of people from all over the world and um, talking to a few of them when they when they found out I was from New York. They just they wanted to ask me so many questions because they were so enthralled with with New York as a city and and it was really cool because to me it's just it's New York City like I live a half hour away from it you know I can go there whenever I want they can't so they were so in awe and you know we're kind of like that here with other countries like I'm I'm in so much awe that people can travel around Europe so easily and we, yeah. we can't do that here so you know, we, we just we just try to to make the best of it and show them that Americans aren't, especially New Yorkers, aren't assholes. Right. <laughs> We're going to take one more break to help out another podcast. What is Gen X? 
What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. Okay, so there is another misconception that we have because we are so used to it and you guys are not. And we actually had a discussion about this this morning uh, with one of our uh, other friends that is in the group. I don't want to name any names, but um, you can't get emergency medical care if you do not have health insurance. Misconception or not? Misconception. So they can't turn you away. You can, you will, you will receive emergency medical care. Um, there are systems in place here that you can, you can do like payment plans and things like that. I, <laughs> I'm going to say this, um, take this with a grain of salt. What I'm saying, medical bills for the most part, I, oh, I'm, I might get in trouble for saying this medical bills for the most part may not go into collections. So if you don't pay them, uh, things might not happen. The only thing is you do have to be sure that if you're not paying the bills and you're going to the same medical facility, they may not care for you because they'll see that you have um, a balance owed. Uh, but yeah, you, you can get medical, you can get emergency medical attention regardless if you have insurance or not. That's, that is a misconception. Now, is it, is it super expensive just to go to yes. the doctor to have a doctor's appointment? Yes. <laughs> If you don't have insurance? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. If you don't have insurance, like just to have like a regular routine checkup, mm-hmm. you still have to pay for that, right? Yeah. I mean, even with insurance, uh, it depends on what kind of insurance you have. There are some that have deductibles. There are some that have co-pays. It depends what you have to pay up front. There are some that you don't have to pay anything. So even with insurance, it can still be expensive to even just get a regular, you know, I have a cough and I just want to make sure that I don't have strep throat kind of appointment. It's mm-hmm. it's really it's kind of ridiculous. There is a I forget what state he's in now, but there is a doctor who created a clinic where he doesn't take insurance and he only uh, charges his patients. I think it's like twenty dollars a visit um, because it's a low income area. And he wants to make sure that people in impoverished areas can still get health care without having insurance. So, yeah, he only charges like $20 and they can go in to see him for like most things. It's a it's a family care center. So wow. now, there are what places was the big like thing that about being against <laughs> like a universal health care. What was the big uh, thing against doing that? Well, people, go ahead, Trish. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to say something really quickly before before we say that and that 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 there is a welfare system. Um, yes. That I've I've actually personally been on um, as a kid, and then um, a little bit in my adult life, in which you can you can apply to have um, free health care if you are under a certain income. Yes. Um, it doesn't cover dental. Um, I think it barely covers um, vision, um, but definitely at least allows you you know very basic health insurance as well as. Um, 
um, food stamps or whatever they call it now. But when I was moving to Europe um, and I didn't have life insurance, I had to buy bodily remains insurance, mm. which meant that my my body would be shipped back to the United States in the event of, you know, my death. Um, they wouldn't let me in the country without that. So interesting enough. So I just, I wanted to just make sure that we talked about welfare really quickly before we went too yeah. far away from healthcare. You're absolutely right. And, and to, to your next question, uh, Tom, what Trish is talking about is essentially universal healthcare. It, it, it's, it's, um, a system that the government essentially pays for your, uh, medical care. But like like she said, you have to be under a certain um, income. So it's it's not for everybody. And actually, unfortunately, a lot of people still don't even meet that um, requirement. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of sad, but true. <laughs> yeah, see, because we're so used to it here. Like I, I've talked to uh, I've talked about this before on our other podcast uh, episodes and stuff, but we're so used to it here. It just comes out of our taxes. It comes out of our paycheck. Um, it goes towards right. our federal tax, our provincial tax. And we're covered no matter where we go in Canada. It doesn't yeah. matter. I can walk into any doctor's office and I don't have to pay a dime. Uh, I left the hospital. I was in ICU. I didn't have to pay a dime walking out of the hospital for anything. Um, so it's very different to what we're used to here and the misconception that we have that like you can't even afford to go to the doctor for some people that they lose their houses and their cars and, and stuff like that based on their medical bills because it's either that or they die. It's you're absolutely right. And um, I, I think you were you were asking what the issue is with universal health care here, like why people are are so against it. And it's exactly that reason that it would be taken out of their taxes. And a lot of people don't believe that they should be working for other people's health care. Mm -hmm. It's it's really sad to see that a lot of people in this country don't believe that um, their fellow citizens should um, get access to essentially living. You know, we we have the right to to live our lives and be healthy. And I personally believe that that means we have a right to health care. And a lot of people don't want to have to pay for someone else to get I don't want to say, a, you know, abortion care, but abortion care. People don't think that they should have to pay for somebody else to get that. Um, they don't believe that they should pay for somebody to get unnecessary surgery, even if it's something that is potentially necessary because it could be life-saving down the road. Or impact their ability to get a job, like if they have a cleft yep. palate, for ex example, or yep. something. Absolutely. The other, the other thing is, too, Tom, is that... This country has been working its way up to what happened on January 6th for a really long time. And a lot of that is this um, creation of, uh, you know, the bootstrap theory and this whole idea that it's your fault if you fail. You are the one. That's a huge thing that I don't know that other people realize that that's what's happening in our country right now is this sort of chasm between people like, um, you know, Sarah and I, who who really believe in universal health care and believe in, in taking care of our brothers and sisters in our country, that's what being an American's about. But we're up against this very old school and very ingrained and all 
uh, generations of, listen, I fought to get to where I am now and you're not taking my money away from me. And this is a country where you can go from pennies to millions and you're not going to take my money away from me. And why should I give you anything when I did all this stuff to get to where I am? Ignoring the fact that it might have had something to do with your skin color, your gender and your social economical, you know, just platform in general. Sorry, I, I, this is a why, bit of a soapbox I have. No, you are absolutely why, why right. Why should you do it, though? Because we're kind human beings. That's it. That's yeah. Well, that's why should you do it? Here, here's the baseline logic of why you should take care of your brothers and sisters. Because at the end of the day, a sick society is a weak society. So let's just go there, okay? The amount of people that need um, health care, if they don't have access to it, we are going to have an issue on our hands. We're going to have pandemics. We're going to have um, deteriorating neighborhoods. We're going to have uneducated youth because they're getting pregnant too young. I mean, that was a big deal in my generation, in our generation, Tom. Um, but like, that's, that's why you take care of each other. That's why you make it free. I don't know. Right. I got a lot of passion as your about it. You member, do, and right? I agree with you. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not that much more like, so for our American listeners, Tom, I mean, what is the percentage of your monthly income that is diverted diverted to your universal health care? We don't even notice it, to be honest with you. We get, you know, we have our provincial tax, we have our federal tax, we have our Canadian pension plan tax uh, that comes out. And at the end of the day, uh, I still have money in my bank account that I can still go shopping with and pay my mortgage and I can do, right. you know, pretty much whatever I want. But I know going to bed at night, like when I went through, it's going to be in two weeks is actually the anniversary, the two year anniversary of when I ended up in the ICU. Wow. I know that I went to bed at night knowing that when something happened and I woke up in the hospital the next day or two days later, whenever I remembered waking up from that. I had nothing to worry about. Yeah. The stress that it must put on people's heads when something like that happens. For me to spend six days in uh, ICU, I was talking to uh, another podcaster about this on another show. I asked, like, I think it was actually Adam Bush, how much would this have cost you? And you oh, know, yeah. I think it was like, you know, $150,000, $200,000, somewhere around yeah. that range just for a six-day stay. And that's yeah. like the cost of a house. Yeah. And and that's what you're coming up with, right? So you have that bill and you have that stress on your head thinking about that. And I can go to bed at night knowing that if something like that happened to me again while I was in bed and I woke up in the hospital, I don't have to worry about that. Right. It's already gone out of my check. It's already because we were ingrained into the system. We were already here. It's always been taken out of our check. We never notice it. Now, I can understand the other point of view from if you went from having nothing taken out of your check right now for it, and then all of a sudden you're having 50 bucks a month taken out of your check or 50 bucks a week or whatever your paycheck comes as getting taken out, that might make a difference now because you didn't notice that before and you weren't spending that money before. So I want to I want to say something about about that, about the, the money being taken out of the paycheck, because I I don't work. So I have insurance through my husband and he has insurance through his job. So he pays into part of his insurance. His company pays part of it. He pays part of it. It is a significant portion of his paycheck that comes out for medical insurance, including dental, including vision, what would be the difference between him paying that significant lump for private insurance versus a tiny little lump for universal health care? 
I think that it's such a ridiculous thing because the majority. So I'm sure you've heard of the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. Yeah, we'll we'll yep. call it Obamacare because that's what everybody knows it by. And I hate calling it that because it was a slight made up by the Republicans, exactly. by the way. It was exactly. A, it was a... Yep. It's a it's the Affordable Care Act. Um, so that was put in place as sort of a placeholder for for a universal health care system. It's supposed to be a cheaper way for Americans to be able to get health insurance who are not otherwise insured. Under that, you are supposed to be insured um, in the United States. You can actually be fined. It's they can't call it a fine. They call it a tax um, Mm -hmm. for not having insurance. So that's why they set this up. There was like this whole whatever. So if you don't have insurance, you're still getting taxed. (laughs) So if you have insurance, you're paying into it. If you don't have insurance, you're paying into it. What's the difference? it's, It's just mind blowing that people don't realize that they're still it's just this this ideology it's it has nothing really to do with the money. It's the ideology behind it that they're trying to put forth as this this money thing and this bootstrap thing. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's really just people wanting to be wanting to fight a fight. Well, and the other thing is, too. So I'm single and I don't have children, but I pay hundreds of dollars of insurance a month. Like, or maybe it's a year, but I, I mean, I don't, you know, me and numbers, Tom, I don't, and Sarah, I don't, you know. may, you may pay hundreds of dollars a month. That wouldn't it's, be surprising it's a to me. Lot. It's, I know it's not $50 a month. I know it's not, um, you know, unnoticeable because it's so significant that every year, and I don't know, this is another thing, Tom, every year we have to reapply. We have to reapply for our own insurance that we've been ha- that we had all year, and 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 it is so cumbersome, and so many options, and you have no idea what you're doing. The next thing I know, my dentist tells me, "Oh, by the way, this is the last time that I'm going to be doing your teeth because your insurance changed, and we no longer ca- uh, carry uh, yeah. that insurance anymore." And I was like, yeah. "What the hell did I do the last time I did my sign up, my enrollment?" So I completely lost my dentist and I haven't been to a dentist since because I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be a thing. Exactly. So now now I'm paying for insurance I'm not even using. Right. You're not even seeing a professional who you felt comfortable with because the insurance situation was so daunting. And there's an enrollment period where if you miss it, you sometimes can't even sign up after that. So then you have to wait for an entire year again to sign up. So then you're out, you're without insurance for an entire year. I when I didn't have insurance, I didn't have insurance for a few years between when I was on my parents' insurance and when I got married. So I didn't have insurance for I don't know, like 2 years or something like that. I had to go to the emergency room when I was when I didn't have insurance. And I was just like, I don't care what I have to pay. I'm going to the emergency room. I was in so much pain. I needed to go. They took care of me. I was there for, I don't know, maybe maybe two hours. I took a few pain pills. They did the procedure. Um, I saw a physician assistant. First of all, I didn't even see a physician. I saw a physician assistant. I was there for two hours and they gave me two pain pills and one procedure that was like the quickest procedure on earth. I get my bill a week later, $4,000. Wow. (sighs) And that is so typical. That's so typical. It took me years to pay that. (laughs) We have the the universal healthcare. We have the, it's not, like I said, it's not free. We pay for it through our taxes. But like I said, we always knew 
this was coming off our check anyway, so it doesn't really make a difference to us whether it's there or not. I also have private insurance. So through my work and through uh, Amy's work as well, we have our own private insurance. Between the two of us, I mean, we're covered 100% individually, but between the two of us now, our benefits just go up because now I'm covered under her, she's covered under mine. So, you know, I think I pay 40 bucks a month through my work or 35 bucks a month through my work and my medication is free. I don't have to pay for any prescriptions whatsoever. Oh, yeah. No, see, don't even get me started uh, have, on the fact that you pay for prescriptions have, uh, on top. Mm-hmm. $1,000 $1, a year for massages from a like a registered massage therapist. We I don't even get that covered. I have <laughs> That's woo-woo magic here. That, you can't do that here. That's woo-woo. That. You can't do acupuncture, I have chiropractor, any of that. $1,750 worth of coverage for physiotherapy a year. I have, uh, or, or my orthotics are covered, uh, three pairs a year. That hurts uh, my so heart. That, this is I didn't know this. at $30 or $35 a month that I'm paying, all of this is covered for us. And this is through my work plan. So we have a good <sighs> benefit plan. At our Mom, don't you know any uh, single guys that want to marry an old broad like me? Come on now. <laughs> Sarah, no offense, but you're already, you're in already Canada. trapped. You're trapped in, in a marriage. Huh? No. What? Can, oh, can, in, in Canada. Yeah, like uh, to all we'll of do... our listeners out there in Canada, <laughs> Trisha Dish, Gen X Voice, hit her up. Hit, yes. hit me up at genxvoice.com yeah. or at genxvoice on all my social media. <laughs> she, she wants to come to Canada and get the, the health care. I don't even care what gender, how old, I don't care. Just marry me, please. Get me out of here. <laughs> I'm actually looking at a beautiful screensaver of the Maroon Bells in um, the Glacier National Park um, in Canada. I mean, way far away from you, Tom, but man, that is a place I want to be inside of. Yeah. Oh, so, yes, I so, want to yeah, be there, in Canada. There's a, there's a lot of differences between Americans and Canadians and the rest of the world for that matter. I mean, I believe... The UK has something similar to what we have with their healthcare system as well. Yeah. So, so do the uh, I believe a lot of other countries do too. Yeah, a lot yeah. of other countries do as well. So yeah. it's just it's just very different from when we see it from the outside and say we always scratch our heads and say, but why? Why don't they want it this way? Like why don't they? want this because coverage or want that you know so that's just something for us for the united states was built on this idea of capitalism and yes. capitalism is all about where can we make money yep. and that is what is the driving drum of this nation and until we get out of that mentality and until the generations that really believed that drumming up of like this is this is it every don't touch my money kind of mentality, we are going to be trapped in this. Another thing I want to really say really quickly, and I know we, we've got to wrap up pretty soon, but I wanted to also mention the fact that displaying the flag, patriotism, nationalism is not a thing that I personally feel comfortable with. And I don't know a lot of my friends that are either. You will never see me sit in a podcast, a podcast with an American flag behind me However, every other country I know, everyone is proud of that flag. It doesn't symbolize a certain thing. Whereas if there's an American flag flying on someone's house in my neighborhood, I'm nervous. There, something about that makes me nervous. Yeah. It, the, the, the American flag has become so divisive because of 
the ideologies of different political parties. So my dad is was a Vietnam vet. Um, so he was very proud of this country. He was a Marine. Um, we had we had Marine Corps stickers literally on like every vehicle, every door in the house. He wore his Marine Corps stuff all day, every day. We have a an American flag that flies in the backyard as well as the front yard. And that's really just to symbolize and, and honor my father. If it weren't for my father, I don't think we would fly those. Um, because it, unfortunately to me, and I think this is kind of where Trish may have been going, it symbolizes political ideology that we are better than others. And to me, that's not what it means. The American flag to me is supposed to mean we are here to care for our brothers and sisters, like like All Trish mentioned before. All the yes. stars are on together and the 13 original colonies are, so it's exactly. a beautiful flag. And I just want to make sure I'm on record to say, I love our flag. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think that, you know, the songs are great, but I will never drum my chest as an American because it is not, it's not healthy. <laughs> it's not, it's not okay. And, and it's embarrassing. It, it shows our, our flag is better. Our flag is better. You can just get a leaf blower and blow it away and we're good. <laughs> that is a really super sweet basic flag. That is, I mean, it is really sweet. But I mean, isn't that true, Tom? I mean, you don't think twice about putting an, a Canadian flag up behind you. But what do you feel when you see Americans waving their flags? I don't really care. I don't, it doesn't bother me because okay. oh, here we do it like, during the Olympics, you should see it's crazy down here if we win the hockey game. <laughs> we are out on the streets with our flags and our gear, and we're running on the streets. And, you know, it, it, it's fantastic when the U.S. Uh, loses to Canada in hockey. It's great <laughs> at the Olympics. And, you know, the Blue Jays or the Maple Leafs or whoever it is, people are very patriotic that way. Like, they're flying their flags all over. You would hear the cars honking their horns up and down the streets. And even in my own neighborhood, which is a quiet little suburb, is the same way and that's only during that time i think there's like one canadian flag flying on a house at our in our neighborhood i think mm. that's it yeah yeah some yeah. neighborhoods it's and i mean it's you know every other flag and now there's the new blue lives matter flag that's super creepy because yep. um my grandpa also was in a war sarah <laughs> he fought in the korean war and he had an american flag in our backyard um beautiful ceremony for his death where there was like you know yes. the military came because he was in the navy and um the and flag. Yeah. oh and presented it to my grandma. I mean, yes. we could not stop crying from the minute they showed up to the minute. Oh I my know. God. I'm thinking my mom I'm got it. So it means a lot to me. I, like, again, like I love our flag and what it means, but yes. I, and I cannot believe that they've taken our colors and changed it for this blue lives matter movement. Mm -hmm. it, it creeps me out because if my grandfather saw that, I feel like he would be so upset. That yes. don't change the colors of the flag. It's kind of sacred. It's right. It's very disrespectful to our nation to to alter the flag in any in any way. So exactly. And and it, when I see the the Blue Lives Matter flags, I know exactly what kind of person that is that's exactly. flying that flag. And I don't want to associate myself with that person. And it's really unfortunate, but it literally is like they're flying a flag to show us who they are. 
and it's it's not someone I want to associate with, be near, um, be in any sort of moment with because I would fear that they would not help me in particular situations. So it really, you know, these are the people who are always touting democracy, democracy, democracy. And that's not at all what it is anymore. It's, it's, it's power. It's a power struggle. And it's just them trying again. It's, it's people looking for a fight and an argument and a, and a protest and a, and a chaotic situation and anarchy and as you saw on january 6th that's exactly what it became okay so we are going to wrap this up because i know trish you got another show to go and do uh recording for or a pre-recording <laughs> for and i was already yeah. on a show this morning i was on nick uh nick and russ's show this morning oh, oh nice, nice. Look at awesome. you. yeah what a good so, day sarah you want to tell us where everyone can find you Yeah, sure. So I am Sarah from Blackbird and Advocacy Podcast. You can find us on pretty much every podcast platform um, and all over social media. Best place to find all of those links is at our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Blackbird Advocacy. And Trish, where can everyone find your show? I am on all the social uh, media platforms. You can find Gen X Voice um, in anywhere you listen to podcasts um, or you could just jump into genxvoice.com and find links to all of the social media and um, podcast platforms. And of course you can always find pod jerky on all of the social media platforms at pod jerky. You can find us on all the podcast platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, iHeartRadio, Google podcasts, wherever you want to go, you can find us. Thank you very much ladies for joining me today. This was Thanks fun. Thanks for having us. It was so much fun. I always love talking to you too. You're like so my, great. my virtual besties. I yes. just, you guys <laughs> it's always just such a good conversation when we're together. I love it. Yeah. yeah. We're all on the same page. Just pretty yeah. neat. Thanks for yeah. telling me how much better Canada is. Again, <laughs> never mind the I'll milk bags. I'll keep reminding you. I'll keep reminding you. <laughs> the milk bags. We, we should have talked about that too, but we'll get into we that in another episode. We'll have to come on for part two. Weird things yeah. that different countries have. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Awesome. As always, stay safe, be kind to each other, and we will see you later. Here we go now. Hot jerky. Now we're gonna get down. <laughs>